0: This is UCL Careers Podcast, Future Talk, and my name is Amy Larenko, Senior Careers Consultant at UCL. On this podcast, which is powered by UCL Minds, we will be talking with professionals in different sectors about their career journeys and insights in relation to employability topics. This series is packed with guests who are changemakers and innovators in their respective industries and was created by the Engineering Careers Team to help our students and graduates find out more about various professional experiences. Each episode will have a guest who will share their professional insights and provide valuable information relating to careers. The episodes will be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud on a weekly basis. On today's episode, I'm so pleased to be able to introduce our guest, John Manville, John is a UCL Electronic and Electrical Engineering alumni who has worked across different industries such as communication, finance and technology, with his most recent role being Senior Vice President of the IT Global Infrastructure Services team at Cisco. We are so pleased to have him join us today to share his valuable insights and experience. Welcome to the podcast, John, and thank you for joining us today.
1: Well, it's a pleasure to be here and thank you for inviting me.
0: Fantastic. Really excited to talk to you today. Our first question, if we get right into it, is you studied electronic and electrical engineering at UCL from 1977 to 1980. And then you went to work for a communications company in Manhattan after working in London for a couple of years first. So what helped inform your choice to begin your career in America? And how did you find that transition from an academic environment to a professional work environment?
1: So to answer that the, the specific question, um, I didn't have a clue actually how how companies worked when I left university. It was I'd I'd worked in a couple of internships, but not really got into um, technology companies or or anything to do with IT. So. To be honest with you, I didn't really understand that. So uh, the the first company that I joined after I left UCL was a company called K Wireless in Holborn Square and in the middle of London. And uh, that was a great company. I joined them because they gave me um, six month training course and they paid pretty well. So obviously that's an incentive. uh, but I, the reason why I left them was because um, I felt that I was in a bit of a rut. There I wasn't, I, after after a couple of years or so, I wasn't learning as much as I wanted to, and so I managed to get through an H one B visa um, a job in in New York City.
0: Amazing, and um, how is that visa to get? Because I, I understand it's quite difficult to sort of work in America. Is that was that the case back then, and is it still the case now?
1: Um, I think you have to have a um, a degree from from a university in, in the UK, which I had. I had to find out what a notary public was, because I had to have, which is a an American lawyer type thing that um, had to um, sign, yes, this he, he's a valid person. And then I think there is a cap of about 100,000 or so H-1B visas, um, but uh, I was lucky enough to get one of those. And uh, and I managed to, to come to New York. Obviously, uh, I can tell you that I only meant to come for two years, but that was, as you very kindly said, what year I graduated in, Amy. Um, you can tell that that was quite a long time ago.
0: Oh, sorry about that. I Didn't mean to highlight that. <laughs> so, are you still living in New York now?
1: No. Um, so I stayed at that uh, again, pretty small company. Um, it was called FTCC. Um, who worked? It was about. I, I was working about one block from from Wall Street, so it was right in the middle of downtown. And again, after after a couple of years, maybe this is something that I'd I, I like to pass on. I, I really believe that the people, the the company and specifically the, the manager you work for, especially when you're early in your career. Yes, you owe the company to give your best effort to be, you know, really a, a great employee, but also they owe you as well. Um the um growth and different types of types of projects to work on and to keep you interested and so after a couple of years i wasn't getting that from this company so i decided to apply for some other jobs transfer my h1b to a different company and i ended up working for a company uh, again in their i.t department um, which was in which was in the financial services company Um, area which is called um, Bankers Trust and eventually Bankers Trust got got bought by Deutsche Bank but uh, I stayed there for a long time 13 years I think.
0: Fabulous and uh, I guess from there you eventually made your way to Cisco.
1: So okay let let me tell you how how that happened so I I would like to add actually that while I was at uh, Bankers Trust um, I um, I did uh, an, uh, something called a executive MBA, and I found that maybe other people don't need this, but I found that really valuable as I became a manager and had to work with with budgets and things like that. And um, that and I, I believe that many many decisions you make in, in even in technology companies. Uh, have some some financial Im- implication. I found um, that that degree uh, very very valuable, and so um, I personally f- found that you know, being, being technical or reasonably technical. Of course, my children else are not technical, but technical, and then ha- having a, a sort of finance and management uh, degree as well was a was a great sweet spot for me. Anyway, I stayed at, um, I stayed at uh, Bankers Trust until, again, after, after 13 years, I, w- I was promoted to various places um, until I found that I wasn't growing. I wasn't getting the type of work that I was really interested in, although I was working with some great people. And I left there and joined another financial services company called Lehman Brothers, again, in, in, um, right in the heart of downtown Manhattan. And you you may have heard of them, but they were one of the companies that obviously caused a lot of issues in in the um, around 2007, 2008. Luckily, I left them before that (laughs) because I wanted to, uh, again, I felt as though I wanted to work for a company that I felt uh, was trying to do good in the world. And I um, I sent my resume into um, the the president of Cisco, who I met through some various user group meetings. And eventually I I, I got a job, great job at, at Cisco. And I think they did try to do a lot of good in the world. And I'm still trying to, how about that?
0: Fantastic. So how... Um... How fortuitous that you left Lehman before the before the big crash.
1: It was, wasn't it? A lot of my friends didn't, unfortunately, but they they all managed to find you know good roles and everything.
0: That's good. Good to hear. And um, so it sounds like the M- MBA really accelerated your your career. Would you say?
1: Um, I think it definitely helped. Actually, definitely helped. I think um, I it eventually. It, um I especially at Cisco I became responsible for quite a large budgets sort of um 800 or million dollars or so and um managing that and deciding what what the priorities are given what, what where Cisco wanted to go and where and where technology was going and all the all the different um aspects of managing that i I found it really useful at least, at least some background in, a, in, in in finance not that i'm the expert in any way but at least i could talk to the people who are in the finance team
0: How about that absolutely so as well as that sort of financial um knowledge and the management skills that you gained from the MBA. um would you say there were any other skills or knowledge in particular that you gained through your studies whether that be at ucl or or later during the MBA, that you were able to sort of transfer to the different roles you had during your career
1: um well i i did manage to get into ucl which i'm very grateful to the people who let me um Attend and, and graduate, um, and I think I, I definitely learned a whole load of things. The X twenty X twenty five, for example, which is a f- forerunner of um, IP TCP IP. Um, I I was lucky enough to be taught by um, Peter Kirstein, who I think uh, recently anyway um and he and and so that that specific class was a was a great class and it, and it helped me get into the into the the roles in in um, Manhattan and to uh, uh, actually to bankers trust as well um and I, what I'd like to say is that I think um, a piece of advice somebody gave me when I was really starting out was when you're starting out try and become an expert in some aspect of whatever Role you, you're working in, um, I tried to do that, and it was around X25, which is a, a communications protocol. Back then, it was the one of the few around. Um, but um, I think that, not that you'll use that for the rest of your career, but it does does sort of get get you noticed a little bit. And oh, this you know this person here really knows what they're talking about in this area. And it, I think that, that at least gets your name known. I also think that um, um, part of what the UCL Engineering Department, I think maybe their maybe their mission is to change the world, which I think is, is obviously a great thing. Um, I'd also say um, taking the opportunity um, to to take opportunities, you know. When um, I I didn't really plan my my career out at all. Um, various times I got bored, so I thought I have to do something new. Maybe my manager wasn't giving me the right the right direction, um, and I felt that I, you know at some point you have to um, decide. Hey, um, I need to still be interested in what I'm doing. Not that every second of every job is going to be fun and interesting. Obviously, it's not. But when you know, when whatever the balance is for you gets slightly out of whack between mundane work and interesting work, um, I think, well, at least in, in my case, I, I decided to make a move.
0: That's such great advice. And I love what you said there about kind of finding your area of specialism, your sort of niche being that sort of go-to person for that particular area. I think that's that's such great advice um, to really sort of make yourself stand out in the business. Yes. Fantastic. Um, so you've had a career sort of spanning North America and Europe. What have you um, seen as being some of the benefits that you found to working with such a global team?
1: I personally really love working with, with the global team. You get different perspectives, especially if you go and visit the people and, and talk to them about what what issues they're seeing, what what maybe, you know, in, in India, maybe there's different issues than there are in, well, there definitely are than North America, or maybe in Belgium, there's different issues than there are in, in the UK sometimes. Um, and so I, th- I, I I found it really interesting. I think the companies I worked for got benefits from having global teams, and also the the staff did because um, the the people in Belgium, as an example, or in India, they were working on global projects as opposed to just doing something just that was in inside their country or or their region. They had this impact that was that was global, and that. Even though there are issues with with time zones, um, I I regularly ask these people in, in different time zones. You know, would you rather just have regional roles so you wouldn't have to have to stay up late or get up early? And every single time that they said no, they'd rather have a global impact and, and be involved in global projects. So I'm a wholehearted supporter of of global roles, global teams, as long as you. Um, specifically take notice of, of local issues as well, when you're designing whatever the, te- the technology is for the global um, team.
0: Fantastic. And you mentioned there, it's always great when you can go and see people in the globe, which of course we've not been able to recently. And, and so what challenges have you sort of encountered professionally due to sort of COVID-19 and in your sort of previous role at, at Cisco?
1: So um, I, as, as, as you said, I, I left Cisco just before COVID, but I've stayed in touch with the people there. And um, video, in, in the case of um, Cisco and many other companies, Webex is used a lot. We're using Zoom now. So video conferencing is a, is a big, big deal. It's helped us stay in touch with people. Personally, I think um, uh, there's gonna be a real choice about how people work, I think. Uh, and uh, the people who are are, are remote um, are still going to have to make an extra effort to stay relevant, stay in touch with people, stay connected. Um, It's not fair, I I agree that, but um, I think still, even if you come in the office two or three days in a week, um, that extra time of being seen there and being able to speak and connect with people I think is really important. And if I was still working at Cisco, I would go back to two or three or four weeks, uh, um, sorry, two or three four day, days uh, a, a week uh, in, in the office. I think.
0: Yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how how it all pans out and this new new ways of working. But yeah, definitely important to to keep connected and see your colleagues. And I know I'm missing all my colleagues. Having not seen them for like over a year. <laughs>
1: yes,
0: <there> you are. <laughs> crazy um so my next question is about sort of the internship program that you pioneered um, this was the cisco international internship program an exclusive program that was offered to select universities how important was it for you to provide future engineers with these opportunities to gain industry insights
1: so one of your first questions was about you know how how did i know what a working environment was like when i left ucl and the answer was no i had no clue what this internship gave to these um these students that they were uh, between a second and third year they they came and spent a year at, at cisco um it gave them we threw them into exactly what they would be working on if they were a full-time you know permanent employee and so they really got to see how how a large company works how how you have to act what type of uh, trade-offs there are what type of work there is and so i think it was um i think it's really really valuable to those people having said that i got and cisco obviously got got a load of um benefits from having them I personally did because these students um, most were very good some were unbelievable and they um i'm i'm really um positive about about the future because of how good some of these students were they were they were um they they took took initiative one of them went and gave a ted talk back in morocco um, other other ones won local hackathons here in Palo Alto as an example they they many of them did really important things I'd also like like to call out one of their um, uh, professors who was a li- liaison with them who I think he also uh, had a big role in their lives and he pushed for this internship as well which is Izat I don't know if you know Isat, but he was a he is um, a, uh, a big proponent of this. And I think without him, this wouldn't have happened.
0: Amazing, all credit to him as well then. And um, yeah, it sounds like it was really beneficial.
1: I think it was Fantastic. beneficial on both sides, yes.
0: Great. So what do you think students and recent graduates can be doing now at a time where the job market is so challenging?
1: So I, I can only talk to the area that I'm in here, physical area which is around sort of San Francisco, Silicon Valley. Um, and for the types of roles that engineering students from UCL would be looking for, um, people are still crying out for them. I know many young young engineers who, um, who are having many job offers? I know managers who can't find qualified people. So personally, I think um, I think low COVID has obviously had a devastating impact on um, many people. I think um, engineering students are are one of the areas that um, will be least impacted. And uh, anyway, that's it.
0: Well, that is positive news <laughs> um, so what what is it that the managers are really struggling to find um what are sort of the key skills that are really necessary to succeed in the technology industry what what are they crying out for specifically
1: there um, I say i I would say th- things like um, yes you know anybody who graduates uh, from from UCL engineering degree is going to be smart so let's assume they're smart they have to be easy to work with they have to be this is going to sound a little bit you know what why should this be one of the things but they have to be reasonably fun to be around as well not not you know have have a personality um, um especially new graduates they aren't going to know everything about the job that they that they're going to go into they they probably, you know, so it's not as though what you know now about a specific job. It's, you know, do you have the basic capability of being smart and learning things and being in a technical environment, but also what what's your aptitude? Are you going to, you know, take advice, feedback from people? Um, and uh, most of the, I'd say almost all the, uh, the graduates that i was involved in from ucl fitted that Um, there were a couple who who did not they 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 had issues around attitude and various things like that but almost all of them were were really good i i will say that i think it is important to be um pragmatic about uh in 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 your career um that there are going to be setbacks even for you know star performers there are going to be sometimes um, setbacks. So be be pragmatic about it. Don't take um, something that, you know, doesn't always go your way as being being devastating. You're good enough to get over it. And um, most of the time you're gonna gonna be wildly successful. That whole
0: um, piece about being resilient as well,
1: yeah, I suppose I suppose that's a much better way of putting it. Thanks, Amy. Yeah,
0: no worries. Absolutely. Um, no, that's really great advice. Thank you so much, John. Would there be any other final tips that you would give to our students who are kind of looking to start their careers in 2021 and beyond?
1: I think you have an amazing opportunity. There are so many issues, technology issues to solve and work on. Uh, I want my car to drive myself, I want to be, you know, make sure that nobody is able to, from a security point of view, break into it and other things in my house. There's so many areas that um, that, that still have to be solved and, and uh, I, I'm, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity to be a UCL engineering graduate, be entering the workforce.
0: What a fantastic note to end on. Thank you so much, John. I really appreciate you um, offering all your advice and tips today. And big thank you to our audience for listening to this episode. Keep an eye out for more episodes, which will be released weekly on audio platforms such as Spotify, Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Thank you, John. Enjoy the rest of your day.
1: Thank you very much, Amy.